0: Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au Well, we're in our second week of our City Lights series. And uh, I love talking about reaching lost people and reaching out to people in our world and sharing our faith. And, uh, you know, it can be something that's hard to do for people. People find it difficult. Uh, But what we're trying to do is encourage you to say, well, maybe it's just not as hard as you think it is. Maybe it's not that difficult. Maybe it just takes a little bit of intention, a little bit of focus and a little bit of boldness to go, you know what? Maybe people are more interested in who I am and what I believe than I give them credit for. Um, so today we're going to we're going to uh, look at a passage of scripture in Luke ten. So if you've got a Bible, you should go there. It will come up on the screen. But um, yeah, you should bring a Bible to church. It's actually good to bring Bibles to church. So some of us have got it on our phone. Personally, I love the written word because it's. I just like the sound of the flicking of the page. I don't know about you, but for me, there's something about an actual page that, that does it for me. It's great. So we're going to look at today the Good Samaritan and then we'll flick over and look at a story with Jesus and a mum that loses her child and what he does in that scenario. Um, so let's read from here in, uh, where are we? Luke 10, verse 25. It says, On one occasion an expert of the law stood, st- <coughs> stood up and, uh, uh, to test Jesus. Teacher, he's asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. See, it's summing up, basically summing up the law in those two actions. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked, and who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when he was attacked by a robber, he was attacked by robbers. And then uh, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to go down the same road. And when they saw the man, or when he saw the man, he passed on by the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side as well. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And he saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him. I want you to hold those three things in your mind. He saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him. Another version says that he showed loving kindness to him. Another one says that he had compassion for him. And he bandaged bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you any extra expense you may have. Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to this man? Who fell into the hands of robbers. The expert of the law said, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. I love the fact that this guy is trying to justify himself, trying to big note himself with Jesus, trying to catch Jesus out, trying to make something of this discussion about, you know, how can how can you get eternal life? How can you head there? But I love how Jesus focuses in on. The love the neighbor side of the story. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe this guy didn't have an issue so much with loving God. You know, it's quite easy for us to love God. It's you know and, you know there are people that struggle with it, but generally we we find it easy to love God. But when we're told to love our neighbor, that can be challenging. And when of course we're not talking about the person over the fence next door, well we are. But that's not just the knave he's referring to. In this story, he, he talks about three different types of people. Or two, two of them were supposed God-fearing believers of God. And one of them was a Samaritan who was rejected by those people. And uh, Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. They didn't have anything to do with each other. They didn't like each other. And, uh, you know, so, so we see this story of this man that gets beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. The first guy that walks past, the priest, walks by, sees it, crosses the road away from him. The next guy, the Levite, he sees it. He crosses the road and moves away from him. And then the third guy, the Samaritan, he sees him, and his heart is moved because of his condition. And takes action. I feel that these these just these little words here that he saw him. He was moved by it. He took pity on him, and he went to him. He saw him. He had pity on him, and he went to him. People need to be seen. What do I mean by that? Well, I see people all the time. Often when we see people, we, we, we filter them through what we know about them or what we think we know about them. So we don't always see the person. We see the persona. We see the perception we have of the person. The judgments that we've made about the person, what we think about them whether we know them or not. It could be a homeless person on the street and yet we will see them in a certain light. And often what we see is their homelessness or we see their dirty, the dirty clothes they're wearing or we, or we see them through the light of what we believe a homeless person is like. So we can make judgments about them because we, we go, well, homeless people are you know, like lazy or, they're, or they, uh, you know, they should just get a job or you know, they're unemployed because they don't want to work or, they, you know, or they've got issues or they've got mental illness and they've got this. And we're, we're seeing them through a, through a filter where we're not actually seeing the person. We're just seeing everything about them and what the assumptions we've made about them. And often what we do is we see with our ears more than we see with our eyes. We see with our ears more than we see with our eyes. In Acts, we see a story about a guy named Ananias. Now, this is when Paul was converted. Saul was converted and he found salvation in Christ. And uh, Christ had sent him to a house on I think it's Straight Street. And he had uh, scales covered his eyes, he went blind. And 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 Ananias was told by God to go and to pray for him. And when you lay your hands on him, he, he will see again. And, and, and I find this interesting, right? Because Ananias obviously had never met Saul. He didn't know him. He knew of him. He'd heard about him, but he hadn't met him in the flesh. And, uh, and he says these words. He says, Lord, this is in uh, Acts 9.13. He says, Lord, Ananias says, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, uh, says to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and the kings and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, "Brother Saul, the Lord, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that I may so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit." And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And Ananias was seeing with his ears. He had heard something about Saul, but he had never actually seen Saul with his own eyes. But when he got to this place, so, so he was making assumptions by what he had heard about somebody he'd never met. He was, and, and were they real? Were they true? Of course, they were true assumptions. They were true because the information, well, Saul was doing these things. But I find it interesting when he gets there he doesn't see what he's heard, but he sees Saul for who he is. He sees past sin. He sees past the, 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 uh, the, the anger and the hatred that he had for other believers. And he can see him and he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus has sent me to pray for you. And he tells him why. And then he prays for him. I find it's too easy to see people without ears. It's too easy to see people through what we hear about them rather than what God says about them. You know, many years, uh, going back a few years now, there was a guy, his name was Ron, and he was homeless and he lived in the stairwell of the car park where I would go every day. And I remember seeing him, and he was under this stairwell, and all his belongings were with him everything he had and it was in the corner of the stairwell he had a little what do you call it a sleeping bag and bits and pieces and he would sleep out there through summer and through the middle of winter every day day in day out and people would walk past him and they would not even acknowledge him and if they did see him they would turn their nose up at him they would scoff at him they would you know all the things that 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 you know like we, we can do to people that we don't understand, that we don't know, but we have a perception or an un, our own opinion about why they are the way they are. And, uh, and that, you know, he was not being seen at all by people. But I remember the day that I walked down the stairs and I stopped and I introduced myself. And I said, hey, I'm Dave, what's your name? And the look on his face of like, somebody's actually talking to me. You know, and as I got to know Ron and and, and uh you know, we spent time together, I'd talk to him every time. I pull into the car park in the morning. Five four or five days a week, I'd walk past him, I'd say, Hi, and how are you going? How was your night? You know, was it was it okay last night? Yeah, 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 it was good. And he just we just kept chatting and kept talking and we kept getting to know each other. He started to tell me some of his story and how he used to live up here in the mountains and him and his wife separated and his life fell apart and you know, like he just ended up on the street he didn't know what to do about it he didn't have anywhere to go so he just decided well I'll live on the street and I'll live in this stairwell at least it's out of the rain when it rains I don't get wet and we just got to know each other and then I started to get him to come in and he was cleaning my church office for me and he was you know we I'd pay him and he'd come in and do bits and pieces and you know and then I ended up leaving the church and going coming up here and, and I didn't see him anymore um and then one day, I'm up here in Blacksland, just going to the shop, and then I was walking through the arcade, and, and there's Ron. Now, Ron used to be scruffy, long hair, big beard, and dirty clothes, and, and, and all this stuff. And then there was Ron before me, with his hair done, his beard was trimmed, he had clean clothes on, he even had like one of those e, little e-scooter bike things with him, and he was riding around on. And I said, Ron... I said, do you remember me? He goes, yeah, yeah, I remember you. I said, how are you going, mate? He goes, great. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I live up here now. I said, what do you mean you live up here? He goes, I've got a flat. I live on my own. I've got a flat behind here at the shops. And I've uh, been, you know, I've sorted, my life's getting sorted out. And I'm, things are coming together for me. I'm trying to get a job and I've been applying for jobs. And, 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 and it's just been, you know, life's going a lot better than it used to. And I thought, you know, it would have been so easy for me to just ignore Ron, to never find out his name, to never hear his story, to never share Christ with him. Did he get saved? No, he didn't. But yet something shifted in his life because his life started to turn around. And now he's living a life, and I see him regularly, regularly now around Blacksland, riding his little scooter bike and doing whatever, and uh, sitting in the, in the middle of the walkway and stuff, and he sits a lot around Blacksland shops, and, uh, you know, because he still hasn't been able to get a job. But I found it amazing that when we see people, when we see people, they feel valued. When we see people for who they are, not their sin, not, not the things that are going wrong in their life, but we look at people and we see them, and we value the person over the sin in their life. We value them because they are a child of God, whether they know him or not. And if we can give people that attention to show them some love and extend some kindness and extend an interest of like, I want to know you, even though everybody else is walking past you and don't care, I care and I want to know you. And I have done that with many homeless guys down there. Many of them, some of them came to church and gave their life to Christ. Some of them didn't. Some of them ended up back on the street and on drugs. I remember going up to them while they're smoking their crack. and you know, I'd walk up and I could smell it. They'd just smoke their crack. And, 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 but, you know, and, and the pipe was in their hand and I'd walk up and they're looking for me to judge them. And I'd be like, hey, how are you going? And I'd totally ignore it. Because I know that that's never going to get dealt with if they don't find Christ. And my job is not to condemn them. My job is not to, con- to criticise them or judge them in any way. My job in Christ is to love them and to care for them and build relationship with them so that I may have an opportunity to get to know them, to share Christ with them. So I would just love on them. And I would say, hey, why don't you come up in our lunch neck this week and we'll put a lunch on and you can come and have some food. And they'd come up and, you know, they'd come into church and they'd be all, you know, these homes guys were actually more well behaved than some Christians. I I remember having them, they were more respectful than some guys I knew in the church. They were more invested. They were more like, they just were more thankful for everything that was done for them. And, uh, you know, they were a lot more thankful for some of the Christians that were in that church. And and, and I remember it really well. I, I thought, wow, these guys are setting an example for some of us. But we have to be able to see people. We have to be able to see people This Samaritan saw this man. He saw him. The priest and the Levites, they looked at him and crossed the other side. Why? Maybe they didn't want to be bothered. Maybe they didn't want to get their robes dirty. I don't know. But for some reason, their heart was not moved by this man. Maybe they thought he deserved it. It says that he was a man. They didn't say who he was. Maybe they thought, oh, he's a Samaritan and we're not gonna help him. Who knows? It doesn't say, but the reality was they saw him, but nothing happened in here. And if we see, if we, if, when we see the humanity of people and it doesn't move us in here, there's a problem. Because whenever Christ saw a need or a need came to him, his heart was moved. Time and time again, it says that he, he had compassion for people. He had compassion for people. And you're going to come a lot, across a lot of people in your world that are going to be very, very hard to have compassion for, but yet we still need to have compassion for people. So he saw her. He, let's come to another story. And this is the, uh, when Jesus raises a widow's son. It says this in, uh, where are we? Luke chapter seven, verse 11. It says, soon after Jesus went to the town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of a mother and she was a widow and a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her And he said to her, don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the bearer and they were were carrying him on. And the bearers stood still and he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And they were all filled with awe and praise God. So we see the same pattern in this story that we saw with the Good Samaritan. We see that Jesus sees something and his heart is moved to compassion for that mother. He was moved to do something for her. So he saw her. Everybody desires to be seen. But we must learn to see differently. We must learn to see of our eyes and our heart and not our ears. We we need to learn to cast away the things that people have said about others that have shaped our thinking about people and make a decision on our own who that person is. Second thing we see is his heart went out to her. Compassion, compassion, sympathy, not sympathy, but empathy. Sympathy is I feel sorry for you or I feel for you. Empathy is I feel with you. And, and as Christians, we need to get out of the sympathy zone of, oh, I feel sorry for you because it's so easy to say, I feel sorry for you. Good luck with that and walk off. But empathy will say, I feel with you, which means I am in this with you. I feel with you. I, th- I want to help you. And so feeling you know, they had that saying, you know, try walking in somebody else's shoes. What do they mean by that? They mean try walking in their shoes. Try walking in their experience of life. Try to show some understanding. Try to put yourself in their position and walk in their shoes for a little while, and then you may understand why they are the way they are. You can't do that if we're judging people. So his heart went out to her his heart went out to her. It says that when when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. He was moved internally. This is what I'm saying. When we see the humanity of people, it should move us on the inside. It should move us. Why? Because the next thing we see is that he went up. He went over. We see it with the Samaritan. He went to the man. Why? Because when you're moved on the inside to compassion and to empathy and to mercy that moving that that moving then pushes us physically to move towards the person and so there's a movement on the inside of us which leads to a movement to the external the physical movement to people and that's what happened in the Samar- with the samaritan with this man that was on the ground he was moved inside in his spirit in his soul he he felt with this man, he didn't just feel sorry for him. You know, the, the priest probably felt sorry for him. Oh well, you know, but but this this Samaritan he felt moved to do something. And and you know like God wants us to be moved toward people. Because it's too easy to walk away. It's too easy to say, I don't know how to help this person. I can't do anything for them. Maybe they deserve what they've got. And if they don't sort it out, well, they will just be, you know, whatever. But as Christians, we can't, we can't get let off the hook that easily. That's not who God has asked us to be. You I've preached time and time and time again about being a church that is loving, accepting and forgiving. Loving, accepting, and forgiving. I don't know how long I've been preaching those words over and over again. Every now and again, you will hear it come out in a message that we are a church that loves, accepts, and forgives people. That's the hallmark of being a Christian. We're loving, We love someone enough to reach out to them, to not leave them in the pit that they're in, to help them find Christ. We accept them why? because acceptance is the gift of significance. It makes people feel valued when they're accepted despite what's going wrong in their world. And we extend forgiveness to them for whatever may be trying to keep them away from coming into the house of God. We say, you're not going to get judged by us. We are forgiving you for whatever's gone wrong so that you can find your way to Christ the truth true forgiver so that he can transform you but I refuse to be a stumbling block in somebody's world on their journey to finding Christ I refuse to do it because that is not my that I would be walking in God's lane to be in that position and it's not my job to condemn, to, con, to to control or to judge somebody. My job is to love them, accept them and forgive them. My, love is to be, my, my, my job is to be moved in my heart to help somebody despite what's going on in their world, despite what's wrong. And does that mean... Every time I do that, it's going to work out perfectly. No, more often than not, I've been abused. I've been called names. I've been criticised. I've been judged. I've been... Oh, everything you could ever think of. But my job is not to fight them. My job is to shine the light. Like last week, I said, remove the bowl. Shine the light. What bowl's covering our light? So he went up to him. He showed them compassion and empathy will always lead us to physical movement and engagement with people. Jesus' heart was moved, then his feet moved. That's how it works. Like I said before, if the brokenness of a humanity doesn't move our hearts, it, we will never move our feet. And as much as we want to say, all we need to do is pray for people, Of course we need to pray for people. Of course we need to pray for them. But we also need to move towards them. We need to love them. We need to care for them. We need to do things in their world to get to know them, to build relationship. And that's what we've been saying about prayer for one. Yes, we want to pray for people, but we also want to include people in our world. We also want to engage people with our faith because when people get us, they get Jesus. Why? Because I am a Christian, which means Christ lives within me, which means I live for Him, I'm, I'm saved by Him. So when people come into my world, they don't just get me, they get Christ, they get Jesus because that's who's in me. And if He's in me, then it spills out of me. So just the very fact of being in someone's environment is enough to start with, to shine God's light. And as we get to know them, doors of opportunity get to share more information with them. And that's what it's all about. We are to shine our light into people's lives. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.